Hello and welcome to Startup Soundbites, the student-run podcast from Columbia Business School's Entrepreneurs Organization. I'm your host, Corey Schwitz, a second-year MBA candidate here at Columbia. Thus far on the podcast, we've talked with emerging student entrepreneurs pursuing their MBA while launching their venture. But today we have a very special guest, Vince Ponzo, the Managing Director at the Eugene Lang Entrepreneurship Center. The Lang Center is the cornerstone of entrepreneurial thinking at Columbia Business School, having a hand in all venture-related activity from crafting the curriculum to organizing pitch events, workshops, and speakers. Before we dive into the interview with Vince, I'd also like to point out that he is himself a 2003 graduate of Columbia Business School and a successful entrepreneur and startup operator. I am lucky to call Vince a close mentor of mine, and I am very excited to welcome him onto the podcast. Vince, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is uh, great. Thanks for being here. So uh, before we really kick it off, I'd love if you could give some backstory on your own career and how you ended up at, here at Columbia at the Lang Center. Sure. Um, let's see. So I w- worked at Fidelity Investments before business school, um, working in financial services. I, I grew up in Long Island. I grew up in New York. I always wanted to come back to New York City. So in 2000, I applied for Columbia Business School, which for me made a ton of sense. I was back in New York. I felt like the student body would be very self-selecting. Somebody who chooses to go to school in New York is obviously of a certain personality type. And my intention always was to go to Columbia Business School and graduate into a job at a startup or a technology company. And that was a great idea in 2000, 2001 when I applied and started business school, but it was a (laughs) terrible idea when I graduated in 2003 after the dot-com bubble had burst. So... I wound up back in financial services. I worked at Citigroup for a number of years. Um, but while I was at Citigroup, I actually managed to start a small business that I grew into an internet fad. I did the math. I said, how much money do I need in my bank account uh, in order to quit my job at Citi and maintain the same lifestyle I had? And as soon as I had that number in the bank, I promptly quit my job at Citigroup. Uh, I spent about a year winding up that business, and the last six months of that year, I spent networking, looking for ultimately that job that I originally wanted, and I wound up at a a software company. It was a SaaS software company that was in the social networking space, and I was there for four years on the executive team before that was acquired by Oracle. Then I went to a mobile advertising company for about a year. And then after that, I went to General Assembly, uh, the education company. So I was very early at General Assembly, and I was actually brought in to build the education business at GA. I was at General Assembly for about a year and a half before coming back to Columbia in late 2013 to lead the Lang Center. Great. Awesome. And maybe you want to dive into a little bit about the specifics of that internet fad you created that's a, a favorite story of mine. Yeah, it was uh, back in 2000, early, early social networking, early um, viral internet uh, days, and I had started, uh, it was honestly just a plastic tchotchke keychain that countered backwards until George Bush was out of office. It was called (laughs) Backwards Bush. I had a corresponding website that was just, again, basically a countdown until January 20th, 2009, and just, again, through viral marketing, through a lot of hustle, and by, by fortune of, of being in New York City, was really able to grow it into a, a tremendous um, fad. You know, at that point in time, no different really from today, the country was pretty evenly divided, and it was pretty, 
pretty solid lines of division. So literally half the country was technically a potential customer. Um, <laughs> so that was the business. You know, it was it was it was fun. Um, you know, we were profiled on CNN and talked about on the Letterman Show and Colbert Report and in the New York Times and the New Yorker and Playboy and every publication you can imagine. Um, and like I said, it, it was it was my way to get out of a career in financial services. I would I would sit at my desk at Citigroup and say, "How did I end up back in financial services?" And the golden handcuffs were getting tighter and tighter. And you know, while it's it, it wasn't a Google of any type, it really was what allowed me to escape and and finally move into the career that I wanted to get into. Yeah, it's really a testament that you can truly start a, a business out of your apartment and gain financial independence from that. Absolutely. I really did it out of my office, but eventually it was out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So now at the Lang Center, what are really your goals here leading the entire program? And why uh, did the administration at Columbia really view it as a necessity to sort of focus more specifically on entrepreneurship? Well, I think the school always um, has focused on entrepreneurship. One of the one of the things about the Lang Center and Columbia Business School specifically, the Lang Center has been around for twenty years. So the creation of the entrepreneurship program um, was something that was done way before entrepreneurship was the the sort of buzzword that it is today. Um, Eugene Lang and, and Columbia Business School, the Board of Overseers, recognized a long time ago that entrepreneurship not just as a discipline and as an outcome as starting a business, but as a way of thinking was really important to all of our students. So I just want to emphasize that the the, the administration, the school has always recognized the importance of entrepreneurship. I think what's changed is the rest of the world's recognition of entrepreneurship. Uh, so it's gained more attention. Um, and the Lang Center obviously is, has moved along in lockstep with that. I think the goals for the Lang Center, you know, and, and if there's a lot of different ways they can be sliced because there's a lot of different things um, that need to be done. And entrepreneurship, by its very nature, is dynamic and always changing. So I don't think you know will ever be static. So the goals will always be evolving. But really, the way I look at it, at the highest levels, um, you know, one of the big goals is is marketing of of the 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 success stories of our alumni. It's marketing to the ecosystem, it's marketing to our alumni, it's marketing to prospective students, to the business world, that yes, Columbia Business School is a great finance school, it's a great consulting school, but it's also an amazing place to go if you want to be an entrepreneur because we have an amazing track record of success. And it's not just one kind of success, it's not technology entrepreneurs or fintech entrepreneurs. It's entrepreneurs in every industry. It's entrepreneurs around the world. And it's entrepreneurs with many, many different definitions of success, from founding a billion-dollar company to creating a lifestyle company that allows somebody to sort of live the life they want to live. So it's really celebrating those success stories, identifying them, discovering them, promoting them, so that people, when people think about business school and entrepreneurship, they think about Columbia Business School, um, and that's something that you know, thanks to the success of, of our students, which you know is predicated on the faculty and the staff here, um, we we've been able to do. Other goals, you know, again, high level, making sure that, as I mentioned, entrepreneurship is always changing. So, making sure that our curriculum is is evolving in lockstep with you know the the changing 
needs of our students when it comes to entrepreneurship. That's a very high-level goal. Um, and I'd say another high-level goal is building bridges across the university and to the New York City ecosystem. Um, you know, business school students are great. I'm an MBA. You're an MBA, but I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that you know a team of four MBAs is, is less is is less alluring than a team made up of an MBA, an engineer, a designer, or some other kind of uh, more diverse background. So, what one of the goals here is to build connections between the business school and the journalism school and the medical school and the engineering school at a high level, um, as well as bottom up with students, so that our our business school students can benefit from different ideas and different perspectives and, and more diversity on their teams. And then finally, I mentioned also connections to the New York City ecosystem so that our students have outlets um, to jobs, to opportunities. And then I would say one final thing um, that's worth mentioning is it's kind of an invisible goal of ours, but it's also to expose students to the realities of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not easy. It's, it's in the day-to-day, it's not usually not fun. I mean, there's peaks and valleys. There's great days, but there's terrible days. It's chaotic. You know, economically speaking, it's it's in regards to you know long-term earnings. It's I think the worst decision you can make. Like <laughs> statistically speaking, I think that's been proven out somewhere. Um, so the Lang Center also has the goal of exposing students to the realities of entrepreneurship, so that while they're here as students, they can make more informed decisions about their career. That they're not going to go off and start a business based on something they read or a story they heard. That if they do in fact go off and start a business or go work at a startup, they're going to know exactly what they're getting into and they're gonna make the decision that's best for them. And they're not gonna make a decision based on anecdotal information or something that seems cool. Awesome, yeah, and to your point of, to your earlier point of really making connections with business school students across all of the other schools here on this campus, I think as a business school student myself, I've really uh, felt the impact and sort of value of that, of having more communication uh, with help through the Lang Center with uh, engineers, designers, just basically across any other type of graduate or, or undergraduate program. And uh, we also say a lot, uh, you know, CBS is at the very center yes. of business being <laughs> in New York City. And it's a marketing line of the school that we laugh at now, but it really truly does have tremendous value and just being able to uh, jump on the subway and be uh, in Midtown um, in 20 or 30 minutes really is has tremendous value in speaking with entrepreneurs and investors uh, between classes. This is just a, a great plus of the school. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge differentiator. I mean, New York City. I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that New York City is, you know, one of the top entrepreneurial ecosystems. And because of the diversity in regards to population, in regards to businesses, in regards to you know, are also our location as a midpoint between the West Coast and Europe. I think there's there's a lot of opportunity here, and it's it's not dominated by one particular industry. So you have startups and entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes and stripes, um, and industries and backgrounds. And to your point, to be able to hop on a subway and literally see all different kinds of startups and meet people and hear stories and get in front of them and learn from them, that's an incredibly um, valuable aspect of of the education that Columbia Business School students get. And you alluded to earlier the alumni success stories and really marketing those and um, really making it clear to students that success comes in all different shapes and sizes. Are there any specific uh, alumni success stories that stand out most to you or you're most proud of? I'm 
it's dorky, but I'm, I'm proud of all of them, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, I, I've only been here for three years and there's, you know, I just want to want to call out that, you know, we have a great team here at the Lang Center and, you know, the the the, um, the Lang Center leadership before I was here. I mean, this is definitely spans many years and is, is a complete team effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even the even the founders that, that were here came and went before I was here. I, I, I'm proud of all of them. You know, my wife actually rolls her eyes all the time because I'm always buying stuff made by Columbia Business School Same entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, I just bought a mattress by Sattva. Great mattress, I should say. I've got a new pair of boots from Thursday Boots. I've got the boots. I've got the mattress. I've got the hot sauce. I've got the food. I've got you name it. You know, I, I, I have it. Um, so I'm really proud of all of them. I kind of feel um, sort of paternal about everything. But there are some amazing stories. I think... Um, you know, just to count some of the the innovators. You know, Beyond Meat is a founder is a startup founded by a Columbia Business School alum that's really at the leading edge of changing um, food. It's vegetarian based meat, like um, like meat type products, but it's all vegetarian. And you know, that's a very that's a good example of an innovative company in the food space. You know, a Happy Family. Again, started the whole organic baby food uh, movement years ago. Betterment is, uh, you know, a company that's really been at the forefront of innovation in in um, robo advising and fintech. You know, X.AI is another company that's at the forefront of um, artificial intelligence in regards to um, virtual assistants, and they're doing some amazing work. Um, Epibone, again, you know, founded by a CBS alum, Nina Tandon. Uh, growing people's bones. So there's 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 plenty of companies that are doing incredibly innovative things, and not just doing innovative things, but leading those fields. Those I'm especially proud of. Um, you know, and then there's there's companies on the other side. Um, it Cosmetics, company founded by a husband and wife team. They met here at Columbia Business School in '04. Uh, you know they've had tremendous success, and, and like all these examples, we talk about the success at the end. But all those companies have gone and are going through, and will go through hardships and ups and downs. And you know, it cosmetics was was recently purchased for more than a billion dollars, but after many years of hard work by husband and wife team, um, Jamie and Paolo, um, that's a great story. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, you know Sattva mattress. You know, doesn't necessarily have the the brand recognition of a Casper yet, but that's because they haven't raised any money, and yet they do close to a hundred million dollars in sales a year. Um, you know, Lola is a company that's really helping change um, feminine products and how they're perceived, and 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 you know, changing the whole conversation around that. So, there's really I could go on and on. Um, you know, there's a ton, and then there's there's obviously the students that that you know I've had the pleasure. Um, of working closely with you mentioned Thursday Boots. You know Nolan and Connor. I met them. You know from their first day here. It's great to see the progress they've made. Uh, super proud of them. You know Drew Silverstein at Amper Music uh, is another great example. Um, what he's doing with his team over there. So there's just tons and tons of examples, and there's really nobody um, I'm not proud of. And you know the ones who fail. I mean, proud of them too. I mean it, it takes a lot to start a business. Um, and and sometimes the difference between success and failure is is, is luck. Um, so really, anybody who comes through here and, and has has the confidence 
and the energy and the dedication to start a business, I mean, you can't help but not be, be proud of somebody like that. Yeah, and hopefully all of those uh, success, all of those success stories really just prove that entrepreneurship is alive and well in the Columbia ecosystem and, and really throughout the country. Um, yeah. And hopefully does a little bit to uh, push away the fallacy that really to start a, a, a thriving startup, even in the technology space, that you, you absolutely need uh, technical founders um, or ex- exclusively technical founders. And, and, and that's something sort of that is always presented to us as yeah. business school students. I think we um, really hear a lot about this sort of the stereotypes about MBAs and uh, how we can come in and sort of screw screw up businesses or don't have that roll up your sleeves startup mentality. That being said, is there any uh, really positives any that you think specifically MBAs bring to the table and how they can really uh, be, really push along a, a new venture or provide value if they're joining a, a startup team? Yeah, I think there's lots of different places. I mean, you know, obviously it gets it gets nuance at the highest level you could talk about business skills but it's really going to vary based on the company and mm-hmm. the industry that they're in but at the end of the day I mean MBAs you know I think an important a very important intangible that isn't necessarily something you learn in a classroom but I think it's something that all MBAs have learned either before business school and certainly in business school is pushing your limits knowing you know you can pull all-nighters you have what it takes to get the job done you'll roll up your sleeves you'll do it um, I think that's kind of an underlying fundamental and is really an, a critical part of working at startups because there's so much uncertainty and so much volatility mm-hmm. that if, if you don't know your limits beforehand, you, you, you want to know your limits beforehand. And I think that's something MBAs can all bring to the table. I think in, when it comes to specific skills, really it runs the gamut. I think, you know, just like stereotypically a team of all MBAs, you know, has its drawbacks. A team of all engineers has its drawbacks as well. I think MBAs can bring selling skills to the table. I think MBAs can bring marketing skills, finance skills, and, you know, certainly operational skills. All MBAs come to business school with work experience, which I think is incredibly invaluable. A customer-centric mindset, thinking about customers, thinking about the market, thinking about communication, those are critical skills um, that I think all MBAs come away with. Um, Again, especially here at Columbia Business School, I mentioned choosing to come to school in New York is sort of self-selecting. I Mm -hmm. think it's self-selecting along those lines to some extent. So, I mean, I, I think, and I can say this as an MBA myself, I think MBAs can bring a tremendous amount of value to, to a startup. I think you know, the places where MBAs might get caught up or, or, you know, stereotypically get caught up is saying they want to do a strategy job at a startup or something like that. Well, there are no strategy jobs at startups. Every job at a startup has a strategy component, but there are no strategy jobs. So, um, you know, you just have to make sure that you're ready to dive in and, and do whatever it takes. And look, however much money you paid for your MBA, if it means that you got to run to Kinko's at 2 a.m. and make photocopies, so be it. But again, that's one of the things that we also teach students here and, and try to expose them to about working at a startup, again, the realities, and um, to let people know that if you know that's not something they think they can do or if they don't think that you know they, they want to go super deep in something at a startup, that maybe at this point in your career, it's not for you. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Again, it's not for most people. 
Yeah, and I think really having sort of two years after coming back with work experience um, really helps you take this take the time to evaluate whether that career choice really makes sense for you yeah. and whether you're the type of person uh, that will be okay just doing all of the grunt work for yeah. several years on end and handling every single issue, putting out fires all day long yeah. and sort of getting to test that uh, here uh, at Columbia Business School before jumping out into the real world is just a, a huge benefit. And, yeah. Uh, I think one of the... Ground best services we can we can do for our students is to you know give them as much exposure to the realities of entrepreneurship whether it's starting their own business or working at a startup so that you know if they have a job offer from somebody else or if they have the opportunity if they're sponsored to go back to their former employer and have their business school paid for that they can make a rational well-informed decision about their career and choosing not to work at a startup now or not or or choosing not to start a business now doesn't mean that you don't have that option down the road. No way. I mean, you have this option f- in theory for the rest of your life. So, you know, know yourself, know what you want to get out of it, know what your capabilities are, and, and know where you have more room to grow and factor all that into the decision about your career because whatever job it is you have after business school, whether it's, you know, your own business or somebody else's business or a big company, very good chance it's just going to be a stepping stone to the next thing. So it's not like whatever you choose after business school is sort of the end it's really just the beginning of, of your career great and a lot of the uh, MBA founders uh, here are, are first-time founders and jumping off into their own venture for the very first time uh, to finish off the the podcast I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on what would be your your top piece of advice for those first-time entrepreneurs I would say um, There's a couple of different things. I mean, first, I think it's important to be coachable um, and and not to fully contradict that, but also to to trust your instincts. But there's a fine balance between those. I think, you know, being coachable is is really important. There's a lot of people out there who have made the mistakes that you're going to make. So seek those people out and learn from those mistakes. Um, So I think being coachable is definitely one of them. Um, Being iterative, you know, don't get stuck with your head down working on, on something. I, I still see so many people that just don't talk to the customers before they go out and, and decide to launch a business. Uh, so talk to your customers, get out there, ask questions, make sure that what you're building isn't something just for you or for the 15 people out there like you or for your friends and family. Um, that's fine if you want to sell 15 or 20 of something but you know if you really want to build a product talk to people before you spend the time and money and then you know you can iterate along the way doing that so and then finally if you get to the point where um, you recognize that you do have something uh, iterate on it you know do it in iterative steps small milestones so that you can keep changing and you don't go all in with your time or your money um, you know and, and go too far where you can't get to the point where you know you need to make changes that you need to make. Awesome. Well, Vince, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I know your advice to uh, all our student entrepreneurs is really, really valuable. And I just, on behalf of the entire student body and Col- uh, Columbia Business School community, want to thank you for uh, everything you've done. Yeah. To promote entrepreneurship here. My pleasure, and again, couldn't do it without the uh, the great team we have and the support of the school and, and the dean and the faculty. So. Uh, 
I will accept those thanks on behalf of everybody. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks again, Vince. Yeah, thank you.